right, we're back, folks. You're on WrestleRant Radio for Thursday, December 12, 2019. I am Graham G. Matthews. Got a lot coming up between Christmas and just a few short weeks. And more importantly, the wrestling-filled weekend we have ahead between Ring of Honor Final Battle 2019 on Friday, which we will discuss none of here on today's show because there's so much to talk about. More importantly, NWA Into the Fire on Saturday, their premier pay-per-view since the relaunch a couple months ago with Power. And then on Sunday, WWE TLC. And then among all that, we have releases. We have suspensions. We got Hall of Fame inductions. So no better week to be bringing back John Ritland himself, the master of the YouTube machine. Check out a show, Real Honesty, with John Ritland. Got his own podcast with the Durbinator. A lot of great stuff going on right now, John, with you and your channel and whatever else. Uh, plenty. I'm actually very... Thank you once again for having me back on. We discussed this a few weeks ago, and you told me I was the one that you wanted to talk to about NWA, so I'm like, all right, good. My coverage of something that's a studio wrestling show and a throwback is good for something. No, it's a lot going on on the channel. Um, too much going on on the channel, amazingly. I put, I mean, I tag you all the time. I put, up like, what, 10 videos in the past, like, three days? Yeah, and you put together a lot of great, but they're all, it's all great content, too. It's not just, you know, quantity over quality. They're all very good reviews because you obviously know what you're talking about and you watch this stuff thoroughly, so it's always a good watch for anyone that's not already subscribed. Well, yeah, and I mean, it's like, it, which you and I were discussing before we went on the air, it's like, you know, with the product, and it's hit and miss everywhere. NWA is usually pretty good, and we'll get into that here in a bit. AEW is hit and miss, more hit than miss on some weeks. WWE, let's be honest, the talents are succeeding in spite of the company. And then there's New Japan that has been up and down this year as well, but... Yeah, the end of your list, I have to get them in because I'm going to have a week straight of, like, working from the 14th to the 21st of, like, opening. And working is what it is, but I'm like, oh, I better get these out of the way. And plus, TLC is not going to have anything special mm -hmm. in a good way. Yeah. It, it could surprise us, but as of right now, the build's been absolute shit. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's just, it, like, look, I get it. They wanted to get the build of Survivor Series. They wanted to do this, which... The Survivor Series, Survivor Series succeeded more than it failed in spite of how they built it because they just threw everything at the wall to see what stuck. Mm -hmm. And they did good stuff with NXT. Um, you know, then they had Dominic involved, and then that happened. Um, <laughs> which, he means well, and maybe it'll work. I don't know. But it's just, when they didn't, they didn't announce anything for TLC till what? The Friday SmackDown, I think they announced Baron Corbin versus Reigns just before the show went on the air. Mm -hmm. and yep. by the time it and by the time it ended, they had what three matches? Yeah, yeah, for so a show that was eight, nine stomping. days away. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's stomping grounds all over again. Mm -hmm. And Hell in the Cell too. Hell in the Cell had a similar situation where they didn't announce almost anything in advance until literally the day of the show. Well, yeah, I mean, and that was the same show, if I recall correctly, that, what, Oscar and Kyrie turned heel? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I mean, you know, it's like, which was great, don't get me wrong, it's a, it's long overdue, and they're finally making the tag title mean something, which is probably why they're going to lose to Charlotte and Becky on Sunday, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, wouldn't be surprised. I yeah. mean, wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. I don't no. want it to happen, but, you know, because, what, they have six matches announced for TLC right now? I think so. Let me see. Look into the card real quick. I'm sorry, seven. So they just added um last night on backstage the Viking Raiders Open Challenge for the Raw Tag Team title. So as of right now, seven with probably more to be announced soon. 
Oh, wow. Boy, maybe they could have the Usos answer the challenge as long as the Usos don't have to drive to the arena. <laughs> I saw that as a popular yeah, answer right. on Twitter. I, I could definitely see that being a possibility. If not the OC, which would probably be the most predictable choice, but the o- the Usos would be a nice, pleasant surprise. Well, now, I mean, maybe the Usos don't answer it. Maybe they want to give them till off of Christmas and bring it back the first, or not the first, but, you know, maybe. The first week of the, the year, yeah. Yeah, the first week, like just after the SmackDown, the first SmackDown of January. I yep. mean, you know, but honestly, if the Usos aren't going to come back soon, because they've been off for a while. It's been July, June, July? Yeah, I think around August. Like so the that? weird thing is that, I fr- honestly, I, I don't remember who it was, whether it was Jimmy or Jay. Do you know which one exactly it was, Jimmy or Jay, that got the DUI? It was, it was, it was Jimmy. It, it was Jimmy. Jimmy. It was Naomi's husband. Okay, yeah, so Jimmy got the DUI. And the weird thing is that they were brought back after that. They were still appearing on TV even after that happened because I remember they went for the Raw Tag Team titles on some random episode of Raw where the OC won the championships, yeah. and they haven't been brought back since then. Yeah. So it's not even like he had the DUI and he's been gone. He was still with the co- he was not with the company. I mean, he is with the company, but he was still making appearances on the show alongside Jay for the next couple of weeks until... I- until then, so it was weird, and Naomi also has not been seen since around that point in time. Well, if I recall correctly, like, or this is just guesswork, mind you, from just a fan, but I would guess that they brought them back to job them out a bit and be like, okay, you're Jimmy, you especially are going to get help. Jay, no offense, you've had your issues, but we can't really use you without that. And Naomi, Naomi, if I recall correctly, I think had some kind of personal family issue or family I, friend or something. I believe so, yeah. She posted something, yeah, she posted something about that a couple months ago, which makes sense. Now, she was obviously there to take care of her husband and to drive because, you know, she was the one that went the one wrong way down a one-way street. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, the whole altercation with the cops in Detroit or whatever. Yeah. Was, Back in February, I think. I remember one, that, yeah. Yeah, Jimmy got out one to confront the cops. That's exactly <laughs> what you do. Um, but no, Naomi had a personal issue, uh, a loss of a family member, a family friend, and, you know, that's totally understandable, and hopefully whatever happened, she can get past. I mean, it's been a number of months, but there's no way to grieve properly, mm-hmm. or no timetable on how to grieve. But yeah, she hasn't been featured. I can't really see Naomi being featured all that well when she comes back, but nothing against her, but they weren't using her all that well in the months leading up to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they haven't really been doing a ton to begin with with the Raw women's division. They're doing that women's... That's why they're doing Becky and Charlotte at the pay-per-view on Sunday against the Kabuki Warriors because it kind of seems like the Raw women's division is pretty pretty desolate without some of the other women around. I mean, I'm not a big fan of Nia Jax, but she's been out injured for a while. Ruby Riot's out hurt. Uh, Naomi's gone at the moment. They ship Sasha and Bailey over to SmackDown. So they're only really left with those four women, it feels like, at the moment. Uh, Lacey's on SmackDown now, so uh, Natalia, I mean, is good, but... Graham, they have Tamina, though. <laughs> Wait, is she on Raw or is she on SmackDown? I honestly don't even know. I thought she was I, on SmackDown. I have no fucking idea. Who gives a shit? <laughs> I think the better question is who actually gives a fuck about Tamina and what brand she's on in 2019. But on the Tamina note, uh, we'll talk about TLC in a little bit. I mean, obviously there's more matches announced 
for that than Into the Fire. But Into the Fire is really what we're talking about here today. Um, and we'll get to the other news yeah. and notes in just a moment. A lot to get into. But before we go any further, I know we're a couple minutes in here. Uh, where can the people find you? Obviously, John, I know we plugged this stuff at the end of the show. But real quick, uh, you're at Reborn again on the Twitter machine. Uh, uh, real Honesty with John Rillin on YouTube. Anything else you'd like to plug or uh, promote right out of the uh, right out of the gate here? I have a really, I have a goofy Instagram that I occasionally post on. If you want to see indie wrestling pics or you want to see occasional stuff, check out Real Honest Jay. I think that's what it's under. Or just look on my Twitter and I'll occasionally post up from my Instagram and link, you know, link it to my Twitter. But other than that, no, the channel's really it. I mean, over 200,000 views in shocking fashion given the fact that, you know, yes, I produce a lot of content, but until... I want to say about June, no, not even June, November of 2016. Yeah, sorry, the neighbor's dog is, like, barking like crazy. No, no, it's no worries. Anyway, um, but anyway, uh, yeah, November of 2016, when Derb came on the show, I was, like, at 21,000 views, Mm -hmm. and now it's, like, we've gained nearly 200,000 just in, like, the three years alone. That's amazing. That's some incredible growth, dude. It, 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 it is, it is, and I didn't need Bluetooth for it. So, you know, what was great is I had I, I had a great idea on how I wanted to do this stuff. And I'm actually going to be doing, for anybody listening, if you want, if, I mean, of course, after you listen to Graham's shows, um, uh, we're going to be doing a possible game stream Sunday, the 29th of December, to kind of, you know, do an end-of-year thing, because we're not going to be doing as many game streams, but we're going to be doing it to promote the channel but also just to give thanks back to people for you know putting up with the insanity that is the channel mm-hmm. oh very nice that's something I to mean, look forward it, to well i don't know what games we're going to play i'd like to play stuff um derb's busy because he's got a lot of stuff going on with himself but mm-hmm. realistically um that's just it just check out the channel and check out the stuff and check out me rant about insane stuff like Oh, I don't know. Get angry about Marco Stunt being involved in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this might actually be I the. I do not hate Marco Stunt. I do not hate Marco Stunt as a person, but it just—it's not believable in being in the ring. Oh no, I completely agree. I'm, I'm I'm definitely of the same mindset of Marco Stunt, but uh, yeah, we'll get your thoughts and into uh, not into well into the fire too, but AEW as we go along here, if we have the time, lot to talk about. I think this is the first show we've actually done since AEW became a thing, at least since the first show they had. I think we talked maybe. Uh, it was a while ago, maybe earlier on this year, February, March. Do you remember exactly when? I thought it was no. earlier on this year. Money in the bank. Money in the bank. Oh right, yeah, because we that. talked for Money in the Bank last year too. Okay, so um, that was back in May. Yeah, no, so no, no, no. Oh, it's it's okay. There are there are only the occasional wrestling shows that we have to go with and everything, and there's <laughs> yeah. only the occasional wrestling shows that are happening. It's not like they happen all the goddamn time. Oh, exactly. <laughs> It's well, not I'm like we have a. Back inside here for a second. No, no, it's no worries. Dogs are barking. Oh, it's... I know. It's just anyway. Um, if you can still hear me, I'm just saying as I so. There's like this huge animal, and we have like two dogs here. So, yeah, uh, I just there's so many wrestling shows to keep track of. It's like for me, like you watch, you watch Ring of Honor. I do. Like, I do. Back. You watch WWE. Mm-hmm. You watch. AEW as well. I mean, NXT, but, you know, WWE, NXT, all that stuff. Yeah. But it's like, you review all that stuff. I review New Japan. So it's like, I mean, there's a lot of shows to cover Mm -hmm. all the time. 
Mm-hmm. It's a lot of shows. And it's crazy. It's mm-hmm. crazy to think about how, um, you know, how much wrestling there is and how many options there are. And if you go with the, um, if you go just to like the indie shows, you're still going to have a cornucopia of options. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, like, but that's the thing. Like I've gone to like, I've gone to probably, I would say 10, 12 indie shows this year. Wow. I've gone to, nice. I went to the super J cup. Mm-hmm. Was I that... mean, I don't know if you, I've, the one with Will Ospreay and Amazing Red. I was going to say, I remember you guys tweeting about that. I, I remember something about Amazing Red on that show. And yeah, that was it. That was earlier on this year, wasn't it? That wasn't recently, was it? That was August, actually. Oh, okay. That was, I know August. Hmm. Very nice. Hard it, to believe it's only been that long. What, was that Amazing Red's return from retirement, or did he already come back at that point? I, I think it was like his first big stage thing, so to speak, because I was going to be a New Japan World. I know that he had made, I know he had alluded to coming back. He had been wrestling a few other times uh, that I recall because he retired in March, if mm-hmm. I recall correctly. Yeah, I think around WrestleMania time, yeah. Well, which makes sense. He had beaten his body to shit and had done a lot of stuff to himself. Mm-hmm. Um. And fought through injuries, and then fought through uh, Don West being a spokesperson. I kid, I kid. <laughs> Don West actually was fine. Actually, that was one of the few times where Don West was actually pretty good because they had stopped his heel turn. It was ill-advised, and then did that. But anyway, no. Watching Amazing Red at that show, it was great. And of course, the big moment for me was getting to see Jushin Thunder Liger wrestle once. Mm-hmm. And because Jushin Thunder Liger is my him and Muda were my gateways to New Japan. Have you had a chance to meet him yet or no? What's that? Have you had a chance to meet him yet or no at any of these shows, at the show that you had seen him at? Liger, no. No, I didn't have a chance to meet Liger. They didn't do do a meet and greet thing for the New Japan show. He was at the Defy show the next day in that same venue. I did not go to that, so they did a meet and greet. Mm -hmm. Um. It's okay. I can, you can't meet everybody. I got to meet Ultimate Dragon this year, so that was cool. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, he had a translator with him. Because, I mean, he spoke good enough English, but it was good to have a translator there anyway. But, yeah, he was no, he was really gracious and cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shima. Shima was really nice. Oh, yeah, I remember um, you saying that on... Uh, I remember you telling me that a while ago. Yeah, he seems like he'd be really nice. <laughs> He was really, really nice, uh, really gracious. Matt Seidel was really cool. Yeah, he, he's really cool, too, um, yeah. Yeah, you had mentioned that you had met him before. Um, mm-hmm. Amazing Red. Amazing Red, I actually got to meet. Got to do a photo uh, you know, photo op with him. Oh, nice. Uh, at that same show. And, yeah, great, great guy. Mm-hmm. Amazing how, I mean, you know, pun, pun intended, how small he actually is. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not kidding. I think he's legit 5'6". Wow, yeah, really? Like five nine. I'm not that tall. Oh Isn't Rey Mysterio around five six, or is Rey Mysterio <laughs> taller than that? Do you know? I think Rey is. I think Rey's either five five or five six. Okay, so he's um, around there. Yeah. Well, wow, that's small. Yeah, but still, I mean, you know, you know Rey, Rey always looks small. Rey looks small even now. I mean, it's just now that we're used to it. Especially if you saw him back in his WCW days against Dean Malenko and others. And Dean wasn't a tall guy either, but it's just like, God damn, how the hell can Ray do this stuff? And then he goes out and does all this shit. And you're mm-hmm. like, wow. Yeah. Larger than life personality is Ray Mysterio. 
Yeah, you know, told me he gave his son to cut a decent promo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's me. He's just starting. I, I, I don't know why I have this. You know what I laughed about? And just really quickly, speaking of Ray, I, I laughed so much when Brock beat up Ray and then beat up Dominic. And I don't know why, because I really can't stand to see Brock Lesnar on TV, but that was just so amusing to me. I think it was and amusing really to a lot of people. Up. I, I think it was amusing to a lot of people. I mean, I like Rey Mysterio, but I think it was amusing to see Brock Lesnar just kick the shit out of Dominic. And there's nothing against Dominic. Like you said, he plays his role well. He seems like he'd be a great athlete and a great kid. But, um, you know, we've seen him on TV for the better part of 2019 between Raw and SmackDown. And now he's finally getting physical, just getting his ass handed to him by Brock Lesnar. It, it, it was quite satisfying, to say the least. Well, it's like, remember what, what was it? It was during the build the crowd jewel, and you had, like, Cain Velasquez there. Um, and then, you know, in the trainer's room and everything, and then he, he beats up Ray, throws him into the wall, F5's Dominic, or Cain Velasquez on the Dominic, I'm just like, why is this so funny to me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. That was, that was a dumb angle. Well, I, I made a joke. I said, oh, God, it's, it's Trump's favorite wrestler, Brock being a free Hispanic. <laughs> Oh God! So it just there have been some good things on SmackDown, but just Brock beating Kofi in six seconds is not one of them. Oh yeah, we've had our we've had our best and worst of SmackDown and Raw in, in 2019 as the year kind of comes to a close. Obviously, you're doing a lot of year end uh, reviews and lists and rankings of the year as we come to a close here, which I'll ask you probably about towards the end. Um, but real quick, I, I completely right. forgot to ask this. This is totally random, but I had to ask you this because you're a big movie buff. And uh, I asked uh, my guest last week the same question. So I got to ask you, John, your favorite Christmas movie, if you have one, and two, I probably already know the answer to this, but I want to ask anyway, is Die Hard a Christmas movie, yes or no? Okay, to answer your questions really quickly, um, well, to answer first, my favorite Christmas movie is Die Hard, because Die Hard is a Christmas movie. There we go. Two and one answer. Now, if, if we were to go with if we were to go away and go with an actual Christmas themed movie, because yes, Die Hard takes place around Christmas. The Mickey Christmas Carol always leaps out to me. Um, it, it's a it's a childhood classic. Mm-hmm. Um, the Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street one with Richard Attenborough, I think is how you say his name. Um, he was pretty good, and that was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, the Patrick Stewart Christmas Carol version, that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. If we want to go with horror movies, I mean, I'm actually going to be going to see the remake of the remake of Black Christmas. I was going to say, is uh, that, I thought that was an original movie. That's a remake? Uh, 1974 was the first one. Uh, 1974, um, I think it had either Margot Kidder or Linda Carter. I think it was Linda Carter. Did not know that. Arcade, I don't know. I get, them, I, I get them confused for some reason, even though they don't look alike. It was 1974. Then they did a remake in 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this one, it's like I joked with my friend. I said, "Oh, black." I said, "I said, oh, they're remaking Black Christmas. Watch, they have they have a cast mostly full of black people, and then the first the girls they show are all black." I go, "I was kidding, but okay, <laughs> I'll roll with this." <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, they're. Re- they're, they're remaking it with a new feminist twist. Actually, that's not true. It was mostly based around women at first, anyway. But... <laughs> Do you have high hopes for that one? I wasn't really sure what to think of that one when I saw the trailer. 
I mean, it looks like shit. I was going to say it looks like shit, but I, I mean, you're, you have a better taste for that type of stuff than I do. So I, I honestly don't know. So I didn't know if it looked good or not. It didn't really look good to me, but I wasn't sure. I mean, I'm, I'm something that I'm probably going to be watching after this conversation or at least sometime soon after is a movie called In Fabric, which a, a recent divorcee um, gets a dress at a shop, and this dress has some kind of, like, you know, malevolent force behind it. It's about a dress that causes people to kill, and yes, I am My watching it. Goodness. I, I don't know if it was from you, it, John. Um, I'm not sure if it was from you or I had seen someone else tweet about it or something. Wasn't there a horror movie coming out or that came out that was about a killer couch or something like that? Do you want to know anything about that? Killer Sofa, I think it was called. Yeah, Derb and I tweeted about it because we saw the trailer and we were just like, what? <laughs> okay. Yep. Yeah. And I looked at Chris and I go, yep, yeah, we're watching it. Did you guys watch it? I mean, I don't think it's come. No, it hasn't come out yet. I don't think. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Killer, yeah, killer sofa. Jesus, I don't Christ. understand. And it's British. That's even worse because usually they have they have the better movies, don't they? Well, yeah. I mean, you would think so, but no. I mean, I get. I don't know. I guess Brexit is affecting everybody differently. <laughs> well, did you see the trailer for it? For the killer sofa movie? Did you? Yeah, did you see the trailer? I did. I honestly thought it was like one of those movies that was made by like a student in school or something. It looked like a school project. It looked fucking terrible. Yeah, I can't. I can't believe it was made either. But it's just I, there was this other one that came out. It was called I See You, and it had um, it was like this one about a killer in a goofy mask that was going around killing people. And I looked at the trailer and I go, Oh, discount Helen Hunt. And then I looked at the cast. It was actually Helen Hunt. And I'm like, really? Oh, okay then. I mean, geez, I would say she outgrew her nose, but no, she doesn't. That's mean. <laughs> That's wow. Mean. I'm so mean. What about you? Now, Krampus, I, I know you like Krampus, and I'll say for horror movie, Christmas horror movies, that one wasn't that bad. Um, It wasn't great, but I like Tony Collette. I totally agree. She, I, I enjoyed the movie. It was not a... Great. It definitely was not a great movie, like you said, or a good horror movie or whatever. But I, I, I have you seen the Trick or Treat movie by the same guy who directed that, or no? I have. It was. It's been a while, but it's like that one was decent because that was the that was an anthology one, right? Yes, I I like that one a lot actually. Krampus or is it? How do you pronounce? it? I thought it was Krampus. Krampus. Krampus is how I pronounce it, but, you know, but everybody, you, know, you say tomato, I say tomato, you, you, you know, all you, that. You're probably right, though, because it was it, funny, because we were gonna, I was going to watch that with Alexis the other day, and she pronounced it Krampus, and I said, no, it's Krampus, you're, you're saying it wrong, so now I feel like an idiot, so now i got to go apologize. No, 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 don't, <laughs> don't, I mean, you can apologize, I mean, you, you do you, do you but um, it just, I, everybody's got different ways of saying it, it's just, well, like, what is it, didn't, like, Wild Women of Wrestling, like, have, like, a a character named Krampus. Did they? I'm not sure. That's weird. She only appeared a couple times. She was like, she was a Norwegian or whatever. So I guess there was no way that character would get over. That's mean. mean. I'm sure she's a good worker, but it just, have you kept up on wow at all? 
I have not. I haven't really checked it out. I'm a big Tessa Blanchard fan, and I know they've had a few other women I'm familiar with appear on the show, but I haven't really watched it all that much. Uh, I've heard it was good, though. I know you've been keeping up with it with your reviews, of course. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I had to stop after season two, episode one, because I kept getting... Since they moved it to Saturdays, it used to be on Fridays, but then they moved SmackDown. They should have moved it to Thursdays, because Saturdays, a lot of people are out. They don't mm-hmm. have a chance to keep up on episodic television. Uh, they just don't have a chance to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they just don't have a way to do that. I'm going to stand inside here, screw this. A dog being noisy. A big, a big puppy, though. Anyway, so, um, no, with, uh, there's one match I encourage you guys to check out. Um, or encourage you to check out. Serpentine, which is under Rosa, versus Cecil Blanchard. I don't remember what episode it is, but it was for the Wild Women Championship. Mm-hmm. Really good. Hmm. Especially for a TV match. I mean, it's Thunder Rosa, so I mean, of course, it's going to be good. And Tessa Blanchard, she got me to enjoy a Sammy Callahan, the Slammiversary one. Oh yeah, that was I liked that match a lot. That was the uh, yeah, that main event it didn't it? I, I enjoyed that match a lot though. Yeah, I think it did. Yeah, yeah. and it's like I'm not, I'm not as high on Impact as some people. Now I don't wish it ill, though. I'm sorry if you're going to feature Joey Ryan as one of your main attractions in 2019. You're, and I met Joey Ryan. He was a nice guy, mm-hmm. not mean at all. But I don't consider his his stick to be a good stick. Is really the best way I can put it. Mm-hmm. I just don't think he's a... He can wrestle. And he found something that works for him. But, and I've seen him wrestle... Well, I mean, you know, wrestle live, like, twice. Mm-hmm. Is he un, Is he uninteresting? No. I don't think that, you know, we'll come to you know, Cornette's comments here later, but... I don't think he's like, you know, like Cornette will say, like, you know, kill, you know, boil him in oil, oil and sells fat for soap or this kind of stuff or whatever he yeah. does. I'm not going to go that far. Joey Ryan said some questionable things in the past, but so has Will Ospreay. Oh, fucking Christ, is Will Ospreay does some shit. <laughs> well, I mean, and Seth Rollins lost a Twitter battle to him. Yes, that that was definitely one of the more memorable moments from uh, wrestling Twitter in 2019 for sure. Yeah, but it's just—I mean, I'm sorry, but that—that just proves Seth Rollins couldn't be the guy. You—you you lost a Twitter battle to Will Ospreay, who's not an intellectual. <laughs> He's a great wrestler. He was number two in my favorite wrestlers of the year list. Well, for the men, mm. I did a list for the women because I wasn't going to leave the women out. But, but just because Will Ospreay is great, he's had an incredible year from like beginning to end. Doesn't mean that he's exactly smart. Hmm. Yeah, definitely their their Twitter battle was uh, definitely played a factor in Rollins' uh, fall from grace with the fans over the course of 2019, and now that now he's a heel, so he has a uh, Will Osprey to, to to credit for that. But uh, before we go any further with any, I was going to ask you about the TLC stuff. We'll get NWA into the fire because I'm anxious to hear your comments on the whole Jim Cornette situation here. We'll run down real quickly the uh, we can't do a show without acknowledging the stuff that happened the last couple of days. So we'll do kind of like a speed round thing, uh, starting with the releases of Luke Harper. Sankara, the Ascension from Sunday. I know you've discussed this before on your channel in the last couple days, but real quick, uh, your thoughts on the departures of each talent and where you might see them ending up uh, ultimately, John. If Sankara does not make some appearances in New Japan as part of the best of, you know, best of Super Juniors, that kind of stuff, um, and because they have a they have a partnership with CMLL. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't know if he works in CMLO or AAA. I think it was CMLO. I could see them definitely making that work where he will appear in, the, in New Japan sometime next year. Now, he'll probably go to CMLO. I mean, he might appear in AEW for a bit, but he's not going to sign a long-term contract yet. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's just my guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke Harper, if Luke Harper does not do about the same thing appear, and he could appear in Impact a little bit, but I don't see Impact wanting to <laughs> sign him long-term or him wanting to sign their long-term, AEW would be monumentally stupid to not throw a hundred grand at him. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they, well, they got a big guy, you know, Jake Hager. Hey, did you see what Jake Hager tweeted today? What did he say? Uh, you know that Greta Gutenberg, yes. or whatever her name is? Yeah, isn't she you like know, 12? The, the girl? Yeah. The With Greta the... Climate Change Girl? Yep, yeah, well, yeah. She I... was on the Time. She mm-hmm. was on the Time Magazine thing of the year. Mm-hmm. And, well, he's a Trump He's a Trump supporter. Sure. Yeah, yeah. He, so, that, so he pretty much just said stupid shit. I mean, shocking. I mean, I can only imagine <laughs> what he said, yeah. But uh, it just... They would be stupid not to sign Hager, or not, I mean not Hager, but Harper, because Harper could be a great big man. Yes, he's almost 40, but it, I mean, their current champion's almost 50, so for God's sake. Um, <laughs> Harper should go there. He would make a killing in New Japan, making some appearances. Um, he would get over. They like, uh, is it Gaijin or Gaijin, how they say it? I think Gaijin, I don't know. I think it's Gaijin too, um, yeah, I, I, I think, but I'm yeah, not 100% yeah, sure. Think, I think it's like going back to the Krampus and Krampus. <laughs> so I think it mm-hmm. depends on the dialect. But Harper would go to Harper AEW or, I mean, maybe a, maybe a brief appearance in Impact. I would say New Japan also. And yeah, I always go to AEW because let's be honest, they need some talent. Mm-hmm. They, they need do. Some. They need to bolster their roster. The Ascension, it's not that they're not good workers. They are. I don't. A fresh coat of paint might help for like five seconds. They're damaged goods. That doesn't mean yeah. they can't make a living on the indies and with some appearances and other companies. I don't care about the Ascension. Nothing against the guys. But the team wasn't all that great in NXT. And then they were jobbed out to like the New Age Outlaws mm-hmm. when they got brought up. That that was that, that was a great time in 2015. Except it totally wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and getting buried by the APA. Can't forget that either. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, that's ridiculous. Did you, Ned, what do you think of them? Of the Ascension? What do you think about where they'll go? Oh, of those guys. Where do you think they'll go? Yeah, for Harper, I'm surprised. I mean, you had said Impact, maybe. I I think it it, it speaks volumes, you know, how you mentioned Impact and and, and maybe even New Japan. And definitely AEW, I think, is the ultimate landing spot for him. Um, But I think it speaks volumes that you didn't mention Ring of Honor. I mean, I think that'd be a good landing spot for him, ideally, but considering the current state that they're in with, like, literally no buzz, and Impact isn't, you know, the most talked-about promotion out there. There's, I mean, I know you don't watch Impact. There's a lot of people who don't watch Impact, which is completely understandable. They've been, you know, they they, kind of chased away most of their audience years ago. Um, but, uh, you know, Ring of Honor has just been dead in the water in 2019, so I, I would be, I mean, I think it'd be a good place for him to go for a little bit. People like him and, you know, Brody King versus Brody Lee might be a great matchup, but, yeah, ultimately, I think all signs point to him going to AEW, and I agree. I didn't even think about Sin Cara in New Japan, um, though that might be a good fit for him. Um, I don't know if it would be stereotypical to assume that he would just go to AAA or whatever, um, like uh, Mystico did, you know, the, the, the original Sin Cara many years ago, and I believe he's done fairly well for himself over there. He's made a few appearances in Ring of Honor as well. 
Um, but yeah, the Super Juniors tournament, uh, the best is the Super Juniors tournament, and New Japan might be a good fit for him at some point. And the Ascension, I, I completely agree. Like, I think people kind of overstate how, um, you know, if, if they were good in NXT. I mean, they had a year-long run as tag team champions. In terms of how they were booked, they definitely should have been better off on the main roster. Um, but you're absolutely right, John. They were never great to begin with. They were really big fishes in a small pond because they had no tag teams when the Ascension were kind of on the rise, no pun intended, uh, during their original run in NXT. Um, I mean, I, I've seen some people say... Sorry, go ahead. Didn't they bring in too cool? Didn't they bring in too cool to face them at arrival? They did. I they think. did bring in too cool. Yeah, I think that yeah. might be. Uh, I was gonna say that was Brian Christopher's last WWE match, and I think no, it wasn't because I think they were actually a Raw reunion a few years later, old school Raw or something. Or no, no, that was before that. That was their final appearance. That, no, that must. I think you're. I think you're right. I think you're right. It was that. It was unfortunately his last appearance. Scott Taylor, well, Sky Tuati's like been a producer for them I think yeah he, he ended up becoming a producer and I think he's still there too which is pretty cool yeah he got over and he, he had that scare with cancer a couple years ago or a number of years ago or whatever and he got over that which is good for him I mean but yeah the Ascension were nothing they were nothing there and not, not, not to say they weren't talented because you can see the talent there they actually have in-ring ability yeah gimmick wise it was shit it was absolute it was shit. shit yeah it was terrible. What you were saying about Mystico, though, funny thing about Mystico, he was Caristico and actually at the Super J Cup that we were at. Yeah, he's been like, going by Caristico recently. Is, yeah. that, is, is that Mystico? And then he botches and I go, oh, yeah, it's Mystico. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, he's been going I'm by. Kidding, he botched the dive. Oh, God. Mm hmm. <laughs> it was hilarious. I'm surprised he's still making the rounds in the U.S. I thought he would have been largely relegated to Mexico. I mean, that's that's where he got his. That's where he got big in the first place. I'm surprised he's still working dates here in the states. I know. Again, like I said, I saw him in Ring of Honor recently, but that was about it. Well, they have New Japan has a partnership with CMLL. Oh they, right, um, yeah, I forgot about that. They got that's where they got. I think it is CMLL. Yeah, because Triple A is partnered. I think with AEW because AEW, you know, Cody did some stuff. Correct. And, yeah. And, Kenny Omega is the current, what, triple-A something, whatever. Mega champion. heavyweight champion or some shit, yeah. Mega, mega, mega jazz hands champion. Or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, with, uh, <clears throat> God, with Super Jacob, the only, the only one who got booed heavily was uh, TJP, because we know what the P in TJP stands for. <laughs> um, I'm not going to say it, but we all know. <laughs> yeah, know yeah. about the guy, but... Um, actually, it was funny, uh, Shota Umino, the one, the young lion that Moxley teamed up with for a bit during his run. Yeah, yeah, I remember got, him, yeah, like, in New like, Japan. He got loud chants there. Did he? I mean, it was only like, yeah, it was only like a 600-person venue, but still, still. loud, loud chants. Yeah, that's good, that's good for him. Um, yeah, Red Shoes, the, the main referee that they have, mm -hmm. like, got like, the, got like a massive pop, it was like, we were just all Red Shoes, Red Shoes, and... 80% of the audience is drunk. Um, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, not me, because I don't drink, but, you know, mm -hmm. just, it was just kind of funny. No, that was, it's, it, I don't know, did you see New Japan, did you see New Japan of America running some shows um, in, I think, January? I did not hear that. I know they came over here to the Northeast, um, you know, a few weeks ago, or not a few weeks ago, a few months ago. They were over here on, like, the East Coast, couldn't go, but, uh, yeah, where are they going in January? Yeah. You know, I can't remember the dates. I know there was a couple dates in Florida, but I would check NJPW of America. Okay. I don't remember if anything's going to be coming up in your area, but that's just something to keep an eye on. Just 
case. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, they're going to they're gonna use talents from Japan, obviously, you know, because they would have to, because the LA Dojo guys just aren't going to cut it. No offense. Carl Fredericks is great. Mm-hmm. But, and those uh, Clark Connors and a few others, but they're going to use some talents from New Japan because they're wanting to expand here in the U.S. Which no, I don't remember. In the tour you're talking about was Fighting Spirit Unleashed. And yeah, there was yeah. The show at the Hammerstein Ballroom. Uh, that was the one that got delayed because of the ambulance thing. Um, like an ambulance, like it was supposed to be on standby, but then it wasn't because of the kerfuffle that I think somebody had something to do with. I remember that, yeah. No, and that never really had, led into anything, yeah. Surprisingly. Yeah, drawing some pretty good crowds here. Mm hmm. Which is I good, yeah. It's great to see their success. Yeah. Like, we need more wrestling companies that aren't WWE. Takeover is going to be in Portland, which is four hours from me in February. And people are like, oh, are you going to go? It's a four hour drive there, mm-hmm. three, three and a half hour show, and then a four hour drive back. No. <laughs> That's too far. Yeah, it's way too far. In February, we're also in February. Like, I mean, I know you guys get snow up there. Now we got terrible snow last, well, earlier this year actually, because we didn't really get any snow until like around late January, early February. Hmm. I'm not going to risk trying to drive down there, especially to Oregon. And nothing against Oregon, you know, it's a cool place and everything, but it's just you don't know if it's going to be, you know. 60 degrees in February or if it's going to be like 30 and holy shit there's nothing but a sheet of ice on the road yeah and also NXT is a great brand it is it, it, the balloon's been deflated a bit in my opinion but it still can pull out some good shows but it's not worth driving four hours for no show is no not at all That that is definitely too far especially in the weather conditions it, like you said as we approach the winter and stuff like that it definitely gets too far at a certain point to drive for it. You have to question the the worth, and I think very few shows, especially in weather conditions like that, it's just it's just not worth it. You know, it's better just to stay home and watch it if you can on TV. If it's not like an indie show or something like that, but um, yeah, I don't. Well, there's, oh, sorry, there's go ahead. Indie Wrestling that mm-hmm. has some stuff like that, so mm-hmm. they have some promotions here. Oh, you know, you know, referee Aubrey from a. Uh, um, AEW? Uh, all lead, right? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. He still frequents the independent shows that are there, that, like, you know, the Without a Cause and Defy Northwest. And it's yeah. funny because I actually I get to talk to her, and I'm not going to go into, like, stuff I discussed with her, but it's just to think, did you see the interview she had with Chris Van Bully? I think is how you say his name. Yes, I have not um, seen the interview. I mean, I've seen it, like I've seen it on his channel. I have yet to watch it in full, though, but I, I'm sure it was really good because he was on, or no, uh, Aubrey had done some interview with um, Cody on the uh, AEW Dark show many weeks ago, which I thought was also great. Yeah. yeah. It was a more in-depth one here, but it's like she basically, when she got signed, she wasn't even two years into her refereeing career. Oh, really? Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, and it's just she... I mean, again, I'm not going to go into stuff, but, like, meeting her and, like, Darby, which Darby's really, he's about as, he's about what you would expect when you meet him, but he is really nice and really gracious. Him and Priscilla are a perfect couple, by the way. They're perfect for each other, and I mean that with the utmost comp- mm-hmm. uh, compliment. But Aubrey's really cool. Got to talk to her, got to get some merch, her, and a few selfies over the shows, and just 
to see that she's still at these shows is just great. And there's some other female referees that are on some of these shows um, that are doing really good. One mm-hmm. in particular that I think is taller than me that could probably bench press some of the wrestlers. And I mean that with compliments. Um, I don't remember her Twitter handle. Otherwise, I would think about she's I mean, I don't think she even knows who I am. Otherwise, she'd probably kill me if I didn't remember. But um, Smiling Jesse or something like that or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, she's really cool. It's just interesting to see some of these indie shows and see these wrestlers pop up and do all this stuff, like seeing what Swerve's doing now. Oh, yeah, and on NXT and, and 205 Live, he's great. Yeah, and we just uh, we saw him um, at a lot of shows. He was one of the first people that we... He was like the wrestler that I think Derb gravitated towards the most. Was it, by the way, guys, for any of you tuning in for the first time, if you don't know, for me, if you don't know who Derb is, it's my best friend Chris, the guy with the, the guy with the Derby on the on the reviews. <laughs> <laughs> um, he gravitated towards Strickland, you know, Shane, because he was Shane Strickland at yeah. the time, and I gravitated with a guy named Shaft, who's a former Navy veteran, mm-hmm. uh, great talent, and took chops from Walter, and those sold a couple. Don't know how. <laughs> yeah, I know those those could kill a man. I, I mean, he's going to kill the guy that stole the NXT UK title. Oh, easily. Yeah. Only inevitable before he hunts him down and kills that dude, yeah. Oh, boy. I'm just, I don't know. But you talked about a lot of your indie experiences. That's the great thing about it. Going to indie shows is just fun. It's just fun. Mm-hmm. You that, get to meet wrestlers. You get to be close to the action. But you also get to see that these talents work hard no matter what crowd there in front of the ones that truly love it mm-hmm. 100% yeah they um, always I, they're always a blast yeah one yeah one one woman that I talked about I think earlier was uh, Rebel Kell you know she's six feet local talent great she's gonna be a star mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if she has a background in gymnastics or dance but she's really good mm-hmm. um and is legit six feet or six one because she you know towers over me and I that with compliment, but she is very she's very skilled. There are plenty that you could see. You never know when you're going to see the next big star on an indie show. Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, it's just it's amazing to see. There's this local celebrity guy. Um, well, actually, he's a his name's Steve Miggs. He's a he does stuff on KISW as a radio station here. And he's a big wrestling fan, and you can tell because he has a radio show based around that and others, or and other stuff. But he does, and he's also a big music fan. Well, he does MC work, or you know, and ring announcing work for Defy, but he also wrestles um, here and there. He's actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean, for juggling all that he juggles, and he's like six four. Jeez. He's a, yeah, he's a tall guy. Hmm. Um, so I get to see Hammerstone. You know who Hammerstone is, right? The name sounds familiar. From from, from MLW. Um, oh, okay, I, I yeah. Don't watch a ton of, ton of, yeah, I don't watch a ton of MLW, but he was, he, he, I got to see him recently. One guy that's going to be a big star, guy by the name of Chris Bay. That's yes. Why. He, yeah. He's the current without a cause champion. Um, They had to stop saying the current black champion because the audience kept laughing. Yeah, it's funny. Me. Or I would never laugh at that, except I totally did. But no, <laughs> he's really good. 
And he's only like 23, 24, and he's just so fucking skilled. I was wondering how old he was, because I had seen him. He made the rounds very quickly. So he was on Ring of Honor, and then he was on Impact, and then he was on 205 Live, literally all within like maybe the, the span of one month, which only very few other people can say yeah. they've done. Um, absolutely amazing. So it's been, it's been cool to see him make so many appearances and so many you know uh, mainstream promotions in the last number of months alone. Yeah, and I forget what it was. I think I think he was he was I was out of cause, and that was a Saturday, and I think it was like the next day he was in L.A. and I'm like Jesus Christ, that's crazy. Like, yeah, he's hustling. It's just amazing to see what he can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, really, really good and really nice guy. By the way, I got to meet him. He's a really nice guy. Oh, um, nice. Got to meet Effie also. He was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it just. I did, I'm just so glad I, I told Chris. I said, Derb, I said, well, I'm so glad we started going to these goddamn shows because mm-hmm. it, it's renewed my love of wrestling when WWE is kind of just beating the passion out of me. Yeah. And it, it shouldn't be the case. But no, not at all. It's just all that stuff. It's just, they're producing too much content and it's getting draining. And yeah, they have these CD contracts. They got all this money. They got all this stuff they're earning. And that's great. I can tell the talents aren't happy. Mm-hmm. And so are the fans, evidently, with how they don't react to a bunch of anything. Mm-hmm. They're not drawing sold-out crowds. AEW's not drawing sold-out crowds. Yeah, um, nobody is, for the most part. Yeah. In a major arena, is trying to sold-out crowd. Yeah. Just the current spot, just the current landscape of wrestling, I would say, you know? I mean, NWA, NWA, to their credit, sold out, you know, they have a sold-out crowd for this Into the Fire show on Saturday, but, I mean, obviously, it's only the 100 or so seats, but, um, you know, we'll get into that right now, NWA. Is it in the same studios? Is it in the same studio, do you know? I I thought so, but I'm not 100% sure now that you mentioned it. I don't know. Let me look. I'm looking at the card right now. It's at, um... GP GPB Studios in Atlanta. Yeah, I think it is. It must be. I would assume. I think the other shows took place in Atlanta too. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, probably in the same venue. But um, well, before we get into the card, real quick, obviously you're a big Jim Cornette. I've spoken my piece on on the uh, on on the matter with him getting fired and what he had to say, all this other stuff. But I want to get your opinion on the on the uh, incident with Jim Cornette from a few weeks ago. Do you feel he was wronged in being fired from NWA? Do you feel that his comments weren't that bad, or what? What are your thoughts on what Jim Cornette had to say in his subsequent departure from the uh, promotion? I totally get why people had an outcry about it, mm-hmm. but that comment was not racist. Now, has he said controversial stuff in the past? Yes. Has he said stuff he's had to address? Yes. I don't remember what exactly the show was. It was a, I think it was a Smoky Mountain Wrestling luncheon, brunch, something or other. He had told a story and he had used the N-word because he had used it towards a black guy. But this is back in the 90s. I'm not excusing it. He even said he shouldn't have said it. But he was a big fan of Bill Watts, Mm -hmm. who had used a lot of terms like that. And I'm not excusing it. I'm just not surprised. Going back to the end of the fire stuff, I get why there was an outcry. Okay. Do I get why he was released? Yes. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he would have lasted much beyond the next set of tapings anyway because he didn't want to drive to Atlanta. No one wants to drive to Atlanta. People in Atlanta don't want to drive to Atlanta. <laughs> but also, he just... 
just, I got upset only because there were people that were trying to say, well, John, how can you defend this? And there were people, and some of you may be listening, hello, you dumb fuck, saying that. <laughs> um, sorry, but, you know, there are certain people that want to try to egg me on with some of this. I'm not, I don't agree with everything that Cornette says. I've asked you about this on, you know, recent episode of Hashtag SGSM. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't agree with everything he says, but I don't think the comment was racist. Was it ill-advised? Was it out of touch? Yes. I won't, I won't deny that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not upset that he was gone because he wasn't a necessary component to keeping the core NWA audience because they wanted to draw people in with a throwback feel, but also bring it to the modern age. Joe Galley is a tremendous commentator and will do great. He calls it like a sport. Yeah, he's um, great. Stu Bennett is going to be there, and he's going to do great because he is a great talker. Um, with Cornette, I got why some of the backlash happened. There were some people that were offended. If there were people that were African-American or different ethnicities that got upset, sure. And they have every right to get upset. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of strife and everything going on, so I get why he was, why they felt the need to release him. That being said, NWA deserves a lot of blame for this, including I want to say is it Dave Lagana? I think is you know the producer. I believe Dave Lagana, yeah. Yeah, and shift. You have that show in the can for almost two months, and you didn't think to not use that line. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying like keep everything under the rug. People making ill-advised comments should be brought to light. This was a taped show, and then the NWA puts it all on Jim Cornette as if it's his fault, not taking into account that it that they should have known. Oh wait, maybe we shouldn't say that. Maybe we shouldn't allow that to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, just so they're blame on everybody here, like. I know that the show was taped in advance, and sure, you know, it's like if you if you let the comments slide, you let the comments slide. NXT post-produced a whole lot of stuff. Impact post-produced and would let some stuff slide. That happens. <laughs> you can't catch everything, no matter how many producers you do or don't have. But as much blame falls on them, and they shouldn't have just put it all on him. Mm-hmm. Some blame, yes. I'm not against him being off the show because the NWA is just going to be fine. The people I take issue with, and these are some people that, you know, may be listening that are like, I don't want to, I won't watch it because Cornette's not on the show. Then you weren't going to support the brand anyway. Yeah, exactly. You were just looking for an excuse to get upset. It's like me saying, I'm not going to watch Impact because of Josh Matthews. Josh Matthews is one reason, but, you know, he's not the only reason. Mm -hmm. Um, It also comes down to time and the fact that Michael Elgin's there and I, have tremendous disdain for Michael Logan. <laughs> um, but I'm not going to tell people not to watch the show. If people didn't enjoy NWA and just don't want to watch it, fine. That's cool. The cancel culture thing is what really bothers me. No, I agree. It's getting out some of hand. Their, yeah. Some people for their ignorance need to be called out. No doubt. Yeah. Um, the current you know, commander-in-chief, so to speak. But also, just people that make ill advised so. Now, Cornette getting the anger and the hate towards him, some of it was out of control, some of it was justified, okay. Because he, he puts himself out there as very controversial and welcomes a lot of that hate. 
But I also wonder why people would not say the same thing about Waller on commentary when he said recently about Humberto Carrillo, he's like a jumping bean mm-hmm. on cable TV. Yeah, I was shocked when they said that. That that was uh, that 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 flew on cable TV, like you said. Well, I mean, it is USA, but I mean, still, it just <laughs> it just. I mean, they allowed Chrissy knows best to be on there, and that's a that's a <laughs> that's a whole other discussion for another day. God, is it ever? I mean, but just they did. Why? Just why would they let that? And why is Waller on commentary? Like they do this, like he should not be on commentary. Mm-hmm. He doesn't keep up with wrestling and doesn't care about it. And he clearly doesn't care about the women. So where was that hate for Lawler? And I get it. People don't like Cornette. There are people that do, there are people that don't. His defenders that go absolutely insane when anybody says anything bad about him or anything even right about him, because nobody, nobody's perfect, are just as bad as the ones that look for any reason to get upset at Cornette mm-hmm. or anything and overanalyze the stuff. Um, Lawler? Should be off commentary, for, not just for that, but for any for a lot of the stuff he says, especially for any creeps on the women that are too old for him because they're not in high school. And Jr., who I have respect for, and I know that he's a tragedy in his life, and it's unfortunate that he lost his life for so many years to a horrible accident, and he's had his health issues and all this stuff. He hasn't given a shit since he's time with AEW. He hasn't. Mm-hmm. He hasn't given a shit in New Japan. He hasn't given a shit in AEW. He doesn't care about the women. And he said that comment about, you know, these Oriental women don't... Um, <laughs> he says that a lot. He says that a lot more often than I would like to admit. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was about Emi where he was like, she was making her entrance to the ring, and she, I mean, does the whole. I'm not a big fan of hers, but the whole mustache shit. I'm not a big fan of it, but that was a dumb thing for him to say. Where he's like, oh, if if uh, I'm gonna say Joey Mercury, if if Freddie Mercury was Oriental, that would be Emi Sakura or Sakura, whatever her name is. Uh, it, it yeah, it was a pretty bad comment, unnecessary. Well, it was that, and then he said about, like, I think later in the match, or it was like the thing, I think it was like a tag, I think it was never in the same match, but these Oriental women don't know much English. JR evidently not paying attention to any of her car, she just interviews where her English is improved. I mean, I don't know if any such as the car can speak. It's none of my business that they can, but it's just mm-hmm. like, my point is, is I'm not saying that any of those comments are horribly offensive, one's more offensive than the other, outdated humor or whatever. It's about context. But if we're going to have the same anger towards Cornette, they need to have the same anger towards J.R. and Waller and people who say that kind of stuff. And they don't. That's what bugs me. Because they're all under the same umbrella if we're going to make it about racism or we're going to make it about prejudice. Mm. In my opinion. In my opinion, of course. That, that's really my thoughts on Cornette. But I'm still there with his podcast. There are times I don't agree with everything he says um, or things that he says, but whatever. Um, you know, I tend to side, not necessarily with him, but side with people that say that Omega and the Young Bucks are not the best wrestlers in the world. Mm-hmm. I scoff laugh when people say the tag team, or, you know, the Young Bucks are the best tag team in the world. I, I scoff at that. But <laughs> there's an audience for them. Yeah. And that's fine. What you, and I mean, I think you get your take on the Cornette stuff, but what do you, 
What do you think about all that encapsulating, like what Jr. and what Waller said? Like, do you think they fall under the same umbrella or what? Yeah, it's 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 a really it's a tough situation because you're absolutely right. It's hard to criticize Jim Cornette and then not criticize Jim Ross or Jerry Lawler for the same thing. Because someone, so someone had responded to Jr. on Twitter. Um, I think before, right? It was like Thanksgiving week, about two weeks ago, about the Oriental line. And then someone had said, "Oh, is no one going to pay attention to the fact that Jim Ross called Imi Sakura Oriental or whatever?" And he said, it's because I'm not actually racist. Is Jim Cornette racist? Probably not. I mean, as far as any of us know. Uh, I mean, again, this, this it's, it's a whole rabbit hole to go under here. But it's not a matter of whether they're racist or not. I mean, it's it's just the fact that it was a stupid thing to say. You know, it doesn't matter. I mean, obviously, it would be, they should never be hired to the racist anyway. But, um, you know, it, it doesn't help. Just because you or I aren't racist doesn't mean that we can be saying stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, it, it was a dumb thing for all of them to say. Lawler, he shouldn't be on commentary regardless. And Jim Ross should be, um, uh, I, I don't know what the right word is, but he should be uh, reprimanded. He should be reprimanded as well. Maybe not kicked off a commentary and the whole Cornette thing. Um, I don't know. I, I just thought the whole thing was... It was a little blown out of proportion, but I can understand where they're coming from just because they were on the verge of having a live pay-per-view, so he may have said something even... He, he could have said something worse on the live show. Uh, I mean, I, I think he has a strong relationship with the, with the NWA, a strong history there, so it sucks to see him leave, and maybe he'll be back at some point. Um, but just the... I think moreover than anything, I think the reason why they let him go was because there was so much backlash from that one line. There should be more backlash to the Jim Ross thing. There really should be. For whatever reason, there's not. Uh, people aren't as offended by that, whatever. But, um, you know, there was more backlash to the Cornette thing. And as a result of that, I guess they felt that, hey, if people are saying they aren't going to watch, Jim Cornette's the problem here. We're just going to get rid of him, I guess, you know? But then you have the people who are saying, I'm not going to watch because court, they caved into court, you know, getting rid of Cornette and everything. It's like, well, then you guys weren't supportive of the product in the first place. Yeah, like you said, yeah. Only there to put over people. And it was fitting the last thing that they had with Cornette was celebrating with the Rock and Roll Express, one of his most hated rival, pretty much his most hated rival team, back yeah. going back to the Midnight Express days and all that and everything. So that was a fitting end to him being on national TV or on, you know, a, a major wrestling broadcast. And he's, all, he's like, what, mid-50s, almost 60 or something like that. I think something like that. I don't know his exact age, but it's like, we'll see, he was 20, I think. Uh, yeah, he's actually pretty close to 60. But anyway, it's just, you know, the thing with, the thing with TR, it's like, look, Again, I recognize he's had a rich history. Oh, he's the best announcer in wrestling. He's been the best announcer in wrestling for a while. His, his peak, his last time that he was any good, and I, I hate to say this, was 2009. Mm-hmm. The call with Shawn Michaels and Undertaker, WrestleMania 25. Now, he's had other good calls since then, but that was his peak. That was the peak of his power. Ever since then, it's been incremental. He should be used like uh, as an attraction. Have him call uh, Dustin and Cody matches. Have him call Jericho and Cody. Have him call stuff like that. Don't have him call the women's matches because he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. He values the women's division more than AEW already is. I mean, and then you get the Brandy Rhodes, you know, coming out and doing her segments, which she's a charisma vacuum, but um, <laughs> in my opinion, at least. Yeah. Seriously. I don't know, and I mean, I like see. I like Excalibur and Tony Schiavone as a commentary team. 
I think they're great. Yeah, I think they're very good. I think Tony Giovanni has proven he's still very, very good. Well, it's funny because Giovanni just says lines. He doesn't really call a lot. I mean, he'll call some wrestling moves because he does know stuff. I mean, but it's like, what was it at one point? I think uh, Excalibur called a dive in Escalada. And, and <laughs> Giovanni just says, oh, I love those Escaladas. And I don't know why that popped me, but it just did. It was just, it just, I was like, Giovanni essentially, and I mean, he is a bit of a dirty old man if you see, like, how he looks at Dasha, which I don't blame him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we all look at Dasha like that. But <laughs> Giovanni, Giovanni's a cool, respectful guy. And he actually, he unblocked me on Twitter for some reason. I don't know why he blocked me at first. It might have had to do with me making the that'll put up some seats line, even though I didn't ever say it to him. Yeah. But it was cool that he unblocked me. Yeah. Um, there are certain people and I don't think ever will like Angelina Love and Velvet Sky <laughs> 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 or the Bucks I know the Bucks won't but NWA Into the Fire at least it's going to be a good show it better be a good show they only have six matches but it better be a good show yeah we'll run through the matches right now but uh, quick thoughts on uh, Stu Bennett joining the commentary team and replacing um, Jim Cornette fucking love it. I mean, it's like maybe he'll get a chance to actually, you know, be over and actually talk well, like WWE should have let him during the whole Bad News Barrett thing. Mm-hmm. Oh no, you can't get over on your own. Why can't people get over on their own? Vince, it's because you don't fucking allow them to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I love it. I think it's great. When um when Aldous said, you know, I have some bad news, I go, oh, oh, ooh, here mm-hmm. we go. There we go. That's interesting. I love. What, what do you think? I love Steve Bannon. I'm a yeah. I'm a big fan of the move. I really am. We haven't really heard too much of him on commentary, but I think he's going to be a good fit. Um, you know, it's better than bringing in someone like not to say they'd be bad, but like a Matt Striker for the upteenth time or someone like that. You know, someone that we've heard or seen a million times. Um, he's a fresh voice on commentary. He's a fresh face slash voice on commentary. We know he can talk. And it's cool to see him back involved with the major promotion. He was doing some stuff with the What Culture stuff, uh, What Culture promotion a few years ago, the Defiant Wrestling. Other than that, though, in World of Sport over in the UK, um, but the first time over here in the States that he's really done anything of note since he left WWE over three years ago. So I think it's a great addition to their yeah, commentary doing team. Yeah, he's been doing acting also. Doing acting, yeah. Yeah, so uh, it's cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's cool to see him back in the fold in some form or fashion. Uh, and, and, and talking has always been his strong suit, so I'm a big fan of the move. Um, but you mentioned uh, yeah. earlier the, the I mean, Rock. Sorry, go ahead. No, him and Galley are going to be great. Galley calls it like a sport. You know who also I really enjoy just before we go to the interview? I like Ian Riccoboni's commentary on Ring of Honor. Yeah, Ian Riccoboni's really good too. He, it's, it's clear he cares, yeah. Yeah, he has a vibrant personality, but he calls it like a sport. He actually loves what he does. Mm-hmm. Great. But yeah, I think Galley and Bennett are going to be great. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think they're going to make for a really good duo on Saturday. The whole show should be great. I mean, we have a stack card here. We'll run through the uh, matches real quick before we get to TLC and right off into the sunset as we wind down. But uh, question right. mark, Trevor Murdoch, who you got, John? Well, I mean, oh, you mean question Cephas? Because it's Joe Cephas under the mask, people, if you don't know. Um, probably the question mark. I mean, I like Trevor Murdoch. I do. Um, I'm glad to see him back in the fold. I, I mean, and if any Trevor Murdoch fans are listening, I do not mean this as a disrespect. I hope he maybe cuts a little bit of weight. 
because I'm a little bit worried with how big he is. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being a raw bone guy and not looking like a typical wrestler, but health is important. <laughs> but I think question mark win mm-hmm. with karate as you know he says. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I did not know that Josephus was under the mask until like literally a week or so ago. Uh, that that makes total sense. I did not know that, but uh, he's been getting over big time. So yeah, I definitely think he's gonna win here. Uh, we have Allison K and Ashley Vox versus the combination, some sort of combination of Melina Thunder Rosa and or Marty Bell. Uh, Melina Rosa, Marty Bell just arrived, or Melina just arrived on the scene. So I would imagine that they'll go over here and earn a future shot of the NWA Women's Championship. So uh, who you got, John? One of two things is going to happen. It's going to involve um, Thunder Rosa and Marty Bell winning. Um, and I'm sorry, this is one line that made me laugh, and I'm sorry to any Molina fans, but, you know, like I am like I care about pissing people off. But when Joe Galley said, Molina, she's a legend of women's wrestling, I had to stifle every bit of laughter I had. <laughs> yeah. I love Molina. She's good. I don't know if I say legend. <laughs> I mean, she she did compete in one half of uh, Alicia Fox's favorite match ever, or Cameron's favorite match ever, against Alicia Fox. So there is that. Oh, God. Jeez. <laughs> Cameron, that was something. Uh, I don't understand why she was ever in the company. Anyway, so um, I think Melina's going to be outside the ring. And I think it's going to be Thunder Rosa and Marty Bell. Now, okay. one of two things. It's going, Thunder Rosa and Marty Bell are going to get the victory. I mm-hmm. think Thunder Rosa... Well, pin Allison K because then you can build to a title match. Uh, because otherwise, if Ashley Vox is just there to take the pin, then maybe you could build something where Ashley Vox eventually joins this group. Because they don't have a lot of women, uh, I mean, that, you know, that I'm aware of. They're still, still trying to build their roster and they're doing a good job with it. Or I have it where Ashley Vox will turn on Allison K right there, join the group. And then they can bring in some more women to team with Allison K, and you can build up a few there. But some of the rows I'm already there were going over. Yeah. Going over. Yeah, definitely. One of them um, will get the future shot of the championship. Of, I, I do. Marty mm-hmm. Bell's good also. Melina, good for her. If this is working for her in her career, good for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully Thunder Rosa picks up the win. I'm the biggest fan of her of those three, and I think she deserves the next shot at the uh, uh, NWA Women's Championship. So from there we go to the Eli Drake versus Ken Anderson match here. Um, nothing on the line, just a standard singles match. Um, who you got, John, Eli Drake or Mr. Anderson? Eli Drake. Simple. That's it. I mean, which, now I got a question for you about this. Which of the two, now both are known for their talking. And both are decent in the ring, but which would you say is the better talker and wrestler? Drake? Currently? Or just... Well, I mean, just which would you say is the be- the better talk? Which is the better combination of talking and wrestling ability between the two? Honestly, I think even if you take, I mean, Anderson now isn't what he was obviously ten years ago, uh, 10, no. 10, 12 years ago when he was in his prime in WWE. Um, he's just kind of a supporting character now, which is a good role for him, and it's cool to see him. But um, Drake, I think, even is better than Anderson was as Mr. Kennedy in WWE. I think he's just a better wrestler. He's a better talker. Um, he just kind of he just radiates to me that superstardom. I feel like he's a guy that you can build around in any promotion. I mean, impacted for a little while, then he kind of had a less than stellar exit earlier this year. Um, but he's finally getting a chance to shine in, in NWA, which is cool. But yeah, Eli Drake is a guy I think that might be doing his thing for a little while the NWA. But at some point, he will be in WWE, killing it over there because I think this guy is he's too talented to uh, to ignore. You know, I think he's really really good. 
he did. I mean, he didn't take a deal with WWE recently when they were possibly trying to uh, get him in there. Um, but I mean, you're right. But I think he, he could be one to go to AEW because he could he could match MJF on the mic. He could. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I was surprised he, he didn't go there. Yeah, MJF actually funny. I saw him on a couple uh, indie shows last year, and I'm like, oh, this guy's gonna be big. Yeah, it's gonna be a bit. I yeah, it'd be this quick, but mm-hmm. um, Eli Drake's got to win. He, he's got, and nothing is Anderson. And Anderson, it's it's great that he's on another wrestling promotion in 2019. He has personal issues. He's as apparently, you know, reportedly. I don't want to speak ill of anybody, but he's had his stuff and he had his stardom. He had his running impact. Got an inadvertent chair shot from Jeff Hardy to the back of the head. <laughs> Jeff was, you know, dealing with some stuff. And is apparently still dealing with some stuff, but yeah, Drake's got to win. They need mm-hmm. to establish the new guard over the old guard. They definitely do. Yeah, Eli Drake think, to win yeah. here just makes the most sense. I'm not you know, smash people over, but no, no. <laughs> yeah, Drake. I think Drake winning definitely makes the most sense. I, I have him winning as well. Um, NWA National Championship: Cole Cabana, Aaron Stevens, the former Damian Sandow, and uh, Ricky Starks. This should be a good match. Um, all three have been doing fairly well for themselves in the NWA. Cole Cabana just won the belt back from James Storm about a month ago. Uh, I think it's too soon to take the title off of him, so I got Cole Cabana here probably pinning Stevens, and then you can build to the eventual uh, Ricky Starks-Cole Cabana matchup. I know you said you're very high on Ricky Starks, so do you see him taking the championship here, or does Aaron Stevens win it, or does Cole Cabana retain? The thing is, is because like, I watched the Crockett Cup a show last in the, earlier this April. It's hard to believe it's been you know that long. It feels like last year. But of course, everything drains or everything drags on. Nothing against that show, but just so many so much wrestling. Where Colt beat Willie Mack for it, and then he lost it to James Storm soon after. And James Storm held it for a bit, and then lost it on the recent TV. They've been building this stuff with Stevens and Starks, so I think. Colt winning would make sense pinning Stevens, but I could see them having Stevens win it, mm-hmm. you know, uh, by a shenanigans. You have Starks, looks like he's almost about to win it, and then um, maybe you have the question mark show up. Okay, yeah, I forgot about that, yeah. Line between question mark and uh, Stevens, and he uses the, you know, karate, the Mongolian chop, which I don't understand what country that is, but anyway, <laughs> he uses that chop while Colt's in the, in the ropes. Mm-hmm. And then um, Stevens gets him. That would be my guess. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, cause otherwise Cole would have to retain because it's too soon to put the title on Ricky. Even though I, I love Ricky Starks, if you build this for a couple months, a few months maybe to an April pay per view that they're going to have, you could put the title on Ricky Starks there and kind of cap off this whole thing with Stevens. Mm-hmm. But also, one thing I hope about Stevens is he doesn't wear the flesh tone tights that he had before. Oh, they're they're fucking terrible. Yeah, he needs to get rid of that shit. I mean, any wrestler. It doesn't matter who. I don't care if it's a beautiful woman or you're into a beautiful guy. I mean, I don't <laughs> care. I don't need to see flesh tone stuff. But yeah, I think Colt winning would make the most sense. But I could see them giving it to Stevens the way that um, you know I just discussed right. Mm-hmm. Now. Yeah, and I can see that being a possibility too. Um, either one would uh, would definitely make sense. Uh, we go from there to the NWA World Tag Team Title Match: The Rock and Roll Express defending against the Wild Cards, Thomas Latimer and uh, Roy's Isaacs. Um, should be a good match. This is also a uh, you know their, their original match, their original encounter on NWA Power a week or two ago it was uh, pretty good. And the Rock and Roll Express, between their recent run with NWA 
AEW made a few appearances, uh, Ring of Honor, New Japan. I mean, these guys are all over the fucking place, and they're doing very well for themselves, too. Um, I would love to honestly see them retain, but I think they might have just put the belts on them for, a, you know, that just that moment of them winning, and then uh, the wild cards win it back here. I mean, I guess, I guess the wild cards, they wouldn't really give them a rematch unless... Unless they were going to have them win it back, I guess. So I'm going to say them. Because why aren't the Dawsons on the show otherwise? I'm going to say the wild cards win it back. Um, but I honestly would not be opposed to the Rock and Roll Express holding on to the belt for a little while longer. Uh, what say you, John? I would love to see the Rock and Roll Express retain. I would also love to win the Powerball jackpot. Um, <laughs> I do not envision a scenario where they win. Now, don't get me wrong. I I would also love to see it. Like, honestly, it would be great. And they teamed with Tanahashi on that Hammerstein Ballroom Fighting Spirit Unleashed show, and you had all that glorious hair, even the old mullets and even Tanahashi's extensions. But, you know, enough about men's hair. Um, the wild card's going to get the victory. I, and Royce Isaacs, it's actually funny, I met him at a couple of Defy shows mm-hmm. uh, earlier this year. He was part of the team called 1% with uh, Joel Nelson. And a uh, great, great wrestler. Great wrestler. Um, both of them, actually. Both of them are great. Thomas Latimer, I mean, the former Bram. They hey. talk about problem people, and how Cornette was a problem person in the NWA. We all know yeah. those problems. We do, but Anyway, that aside, I think the wild card's going to win. Yeah. If they don't, I would be shocked. Now, because who else would be that challenge? Okay, the Dawson's beat. Um, maybe the Dawson's beat the Rock and Roll Express that they retain. And then you have Kings, Eddie Kingston and Homicide take the titles. They have some good talent. The problem is that the rotating cast of people because they have a small roster. So yeah. Unless they work with other people, because they're not going to work with Ring of Honor, because Ring of Honor can't even work with Ring of Honor right now. But <laughs> they need they, they need some more talent and some more people to work with. But it would only make sense for the wild card to do it, because then you could maybe do a three way match uh, at the next pay per view with those teams I mentioned: Dawson's, Kingston, Homicide, um, or put Colt and Ken Anderson together at some point. Mm-hmm. Because if Colt loses the championship, because they seem to have a bit of an alliance there. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think they will either. I mean, it it was cool to see him win it, but yeah, Mm -hmm. I could see him pulling off one more here. But in the end, I think it's the wild cards who take the championships back. Um, Then you get to the main event for the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship Best Two Out of Three Falls matchup. Uh, We got Brian Hebner as chosen by. James Storm for the first fall. Nick Aldis got to pick the referee for the second fall, who was uh, who's going to be Tim Storm. Um, so, yeah, this should be a pretty good match. I mean, uh, I, I like the way they built it up. Their promos a couple weeks ago on Power were great. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. This could go any 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 which way with Camille getting involved, and apparently Aldis gave her the day off, but I could see her getting involved anyway. She's had something going on with Bram on screen. Another uh, legitimate item behind the scenes, apparently, but... Um, on screen, they've been teasing something too, so maybe that'll lead to something. I don't know, but um, I think all this, you know, he's been champion now for over a year, which has not been stated enough. Um, I could see a scenario where Tim Storm screws him out of the championship, but I would keep the championship on all this for a little while longer. Um, but what do you, what do you think is going to happen here, John? There's a lot of different ways this match could play out. 
Well, also with the third fall, because you said about the refs, there's going to be a coin flip to determine who will be the referee. Correct, yeah. I would be, it's going to obviously go to the third fall because this is an adult stickler Cesaro intercontinental title situation, which how I remember that happening, I don't know. (laughs) Um, But with that, it's going to be one of, I think all this will win the first fall. I think Storm will, I think, you know, James Storm will win the second fall. And you could have it where Tim Storm maybe counts it and all this is put was on the rope, but the referee's call is final or something like that. And then you build something like that there. Camille's going to get involved. Mm-hmm. Um, provided she stops posting distracting Instagram posts. And if <laughs> anybody follows her on Instagram, you know what I'm talking about. Um, didn't she use a date brawn? I think they dated for a while. I think so. Yeah, she was dating Braun. I want to say maybe a year or two ago. I was wondering the same thing, and then I had seen something. I had seen someone say that she was dating Bram now, so she went from Braun to Bram. Braun just Braun just you know Braun helps out women and Bram anyway. Um, so moving on from that, I, Camille's going to get involved, and if she doesn't screw over all this, I will be shocked. Mm-hmm. After if all the tension they teased in. They're hinting at it so much. She whispered something to James Storm on one of the recent shows, and he said, sorry about your damn luck. Yeah. Maybe she'll be the referee for the third fall. Yeah, there's there's a good chance of that happening, yeah. (laughs) Very good chance. Like, Trish is a referee. I'd be like, great, everybody in the crowd is distracted now. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, I, I would love to see all this... I think all this could retain, but because he wanted, if I recall correctly, let's see, Cody wanted it all in, and then dropped it at the 70th anniversary NWA show, what, a month and a half later? Correct, like yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like October of last year, mid-October of last year. Yep. Okay. So it's been 14 months. All this has been a tremendous champion. You've interviewed him a couple times, or mm-hmm. once, twice. Uh, um, twice now, yeah. He was really cool, so yeah. Great guy. Yeah, and you met him, actually. Yeah, you met him. Yeah, just um, a couple weeks ago. Really, yeah, yeah, very nice guy. Yeah, and I mean, it was actually funny, that just a little sidebar thing about when I posted the NWA Crockett Cup review. I'm like, oh, here's my NWA Crockett Cup review, and then all just, I think, liked it, and they go, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> but, like, huh. Yeah, that, that thing got, like, 900-something views. But anyway, <laughs> um, which shocked me. But I can see all this retaining, but I just... They are building this thing up with James Storm, thinking it's a conspiracy and all that stuff. And you go back to that NWA show in January. I don't remember what it was called. But where he got screwed out of the title because of whatever, you know, all these, you know, methods. He feels like the company is against him. If he gets the title here and holds it at least for a few months, then it kind of justifies this build. Otherwise, who else do you have? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm trying to think of other heels they could put up against him. And if they have Tim Storm, inadvertently or inadvertently, screw him over. Because I think they're kind of hinting at it. Because if you remember right, you had what? You had Eli Drake and Tim Storm in a tag match. Tim Storm could feel like his only chance is to screw Aldous out of the championship. Mm Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, because James Storm promised him a shot, even though he can't challenge for it again, and then James Storm screws him over. And then you get Aldous and Tim Storm having an alliance, and James Storm with somebody. I'm trying to think of who. 
uh, I can't really think of who you team with, but you could build this thing and maybe have a three-way NWA title match at, say, their April pay-per-view if they do another Crockett Cup next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just trying to think long-term because that's kind of what NWA's been doing. Yeah, which is good. I I'm glad they're doing more long-term booking. Well, I mean, it's, it's also just fancy booking. It's the fact that I've watched that I've also watched so much older WCW, also many older WCW pay-per-views, which I should probably be doing some Starcade retro reviews soon, including 94 and 99, because who doesn't want to you know, review uh, Hogan and uh, Brutus Beat take the heel in the main event? Oh, of course. That's a great idea. <laughs> and Goldberg and Bret Hart. Inadvertent kick that ended Bret Hart's career. <laughs> Goldberg, yep. Goldberg didn't mean to. I've rarely answered before, but now. I would be. So you, so you got all this retaining. I have all this retaining, yeah. I got Storm winning. I just. I, I, and I like all this. I really do. I would love to see all this retained. Mm-hmm. I have nothing against them. I would cheer. I just think they're going to have James Storm win somehow. They mm-hmm. can do a fluky finish. It wouldn't be the first time they did a fluky finish. I mean, let's take a look at Dusty's booking, for God's Let's not. Yeah. But let's take a look. Let's just, you know, consider Dusty's booking with all that. I can see it happening be a pseudo-Dusty finish, but they're going to do something. They could have it where they split the balls and then they do a DQ for the third fall, but then it would be kind of a bad way to end a pay-per-view. Yeah, that would be a silly... Yeah, I don't um, think NWA would do that. Well, especially 2019. Like, I mean, you could do that with uh, with house shows back in the 80s, uh, back mm-hmm. in the Crockett days. You could do that because you could get return matches uh, when Luger and Flair faced off in 88, uh, at Great American Nash in 88 at, at Baltimore. And uh, Luger did not get um, Luger did not get enough blood, but they had it be, be a blood stoppage, and then they had a bunch of house shows for the rest of the summer and into the fall. And as much as I don't like to put over Luger, I will say that his run in '88 and '89 and even '90 was pretty goddamn good, mm-hmm. um, having his best matches easily. You know how hard that is for me to put. <laughs> yes. But, I don't know, yeah, so we're split on that. But I could envision all this retaining, and I would love to see it. But I just think the stuff with Camille, it just, it, it's either Camille or Camille. Camille, it was Camille. Um, I always lose track of it. I think she could definitely play it back. If she doesn't, then what was all this teasing for? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that it, it, it's definitely leading to something, and I'd be shocked if it wasn't here on this show. Um, they, they've been teasing it since the first episode of Power over two months ago, so I mean, it's got to be culminating in some sort of big angle on this show. But like you said, uh, I, I think all this retains, but I could absolutely see a scenario where James Storm becomes champion, and I wouldn't be mad at it. There's there's a lot of different roads they could take here, and all of them would be interesting, which is how they've, again, a testament to how well they've told a lot of these stories and how they've built up many of these matches on the show. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. Unfortunately, we don't have time to run down TLC before we wrap it up here in a sec, uh, which is fine. I mean, the show's thrown together anyway. We could just disc- you, have, you have your own videos going up about TLC, so it's not a big deal. Um, I, I wanted to spend more time well, talking. Also, I mean, it's not worth running down. I mean... It, the card is the such card a waste. Is like, shit. <laughs> 
the, yeah, it it, it 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 could be a solid show, but Into the Fire is the real, I would say, the show that I'm looking forward to the most this week. And I think a lot of people would say the same if they have yet to give NWA a chance. Uh, this would be as perfect as the time of any to do it. And the cool thing is, is that you know with AEW, I know they only have four pay per views a year. But to charge people 50 bucks for their shows is fucking ridiculous. Because no one's going to pay 50 bucks for a show in 2019, 2020. It's ridiculous. Um, it's just a lot of money. But, you know, NWA, 25 bucks, I think, is perfect. They have to justify Jericho's constant alcoholism. Yeah, well, he's making money off uh, I mean, a little bit of nose. the bubbly. Yeah, look at all that. Look at that nose. If that's not, and I mean, look, I'm not going to argue that Jericho hasn't done great character work. But no one can look at that objectively and say that he has not been drinking heavily for the past few years. Mm-hmm. It just anyway, but yeah, I agree with you. I think, uh, and yeah, final battle you say is coming, or like you say is coming up. It's coming up this Friday. Yeah, it's it's a big wrestling weekend between that on Friday into the fire on Saturday and then uh, TLC on Sunday. So uh, it's not even WrestleMania weekend. We're getting so much wrestling within the span of forty eight hours, and again, not be, most people won't watch it all, but uh, still, there, at least it's it's a good time to be a wrestling fan right now because there's a lot of different promotions to choose from. You know, there's the three Road to Tokyo Dome shows that are going to be happening the nineteen twentieth and twenty first. Oh, day Wrestle Kingdom event, mm-hmm. which I'm going to be watching. I'm going to absolutely lose it emotionally when Liger finally retires, even though I'm glad he's retiring. I'm not prepared for it. I don't think any fan is. <laughs> um, I'm ready for that because, you know, two days. So I'm not going to get sleep, but what is sleep? But yeah, everybody's get we, we all got our own shows. You got your reviews. You got a bunch of shows you're doing. I got a bunch of shows I'm doing, but it's like, like, you, like we said in the beginning, it's like, you know, it's just a perfect time to be a wrestling fan because it's just a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's a great time to be a fan right now. Yeah, a lot of stuff that, again, perfect time for us content creators, too, because it allows us to, uh, again, it, it can be tiresome sometimes with all the amount of wrestling out there, but uh, a lot of stuff to talk about. Never a shortage of topics, you know, and, and wrestling to discuss for podcasters, YouTube, you know, creators, stuff like that, so it's it's awesome. But, um, yeah, 2019 quickly coming to a close, 2020 right around the corner. Hopefully it's not too long before we can have you on the show again, John. Uh, people can check out all your other appearances here on WrestleRant Radio um, on NextDayWrestling.net, but also on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Podbean. Um, you've been on the show multiple times over the last three, four years. Uh, you know, I know you were on the show Probably a lot earlier than this, but you were. I remember I had you on for the uh, roadblock into the uh, what was the end of the line pay per view prediction show three years ago, almost exactly to the day. So uh, you know we, we we've discussed a lot of good and definitely bad wrestling over the years, and the cool thing is that uh, we never have a shortage of things to talk about. So I'm sure next time we'll have even more to discuss, and we'll do an AEW centric show to discuss your uh, you know your your uh, uh, fandom for Marco Stunt because you're the biggest Marco Stunt Stunt fan in the world, of course, John. Clearly, that and Orange Cassidy and the Dark Order and <laughs> Janela and all that and everything. It's just, it, there's some good talent on AEW, but it's just they need to get away from the WCW comedy bullshit or otherwise they'll be done doing it. It's WrestleRant Radio for a reason. So like I said, next time you're here on the show, we will go off on all those things that are Janela, Orange, and uh, Marco Stunt. I am partial to Orange Cassidy, but I, I definitely share your disdain for uh, Marco Stunt. But more on that next time. Before we ride off into the sunset here, John, uh, people, of course, can find you on the Twitter machine, at Reborn. Again, you're on YouTube. Real Honesty with John Ritland. Great content there. Movie stuff, wrestling stuff, everything else. 
awesome content. You said you have an Instagram people could check out. Um, anything else you'd like to add before we uh, close it out here, John? Just pay, I mean, after you're done listening to this and checking out Green's other stuff, I'm going to have a bunch of movie reviews up. I'm probably going to be doing a couple top tens here real soon. Probably just after Christmas because I'm going to try to wait till the very end to watch as many 2019 movies as possible. Um, go see Waves if you haven't seen it yet. It's a, it's easily one of my top three, top five movies of the year mm-hmm. because it was it. it it was an incredible journey. It just was dealt with so much realism. It was a little depressing. And but yeah, check out Us if you haven't. Us is really incredible. Just go watch some movies. Go some goddamn place and watch some movies also. And <laughs> take it from wrestling if you need to. After you listen to the show. Yeah, I know. I was going to say. Happy there... Halloween to everybody. Mm-hmm. Whatever you're celebrating. I was going to say, yeah, there was a lot of uh, movies, a lot of good movies that came out this year, and uh, I, I loved your question that you asked me that you sent in for the, the, the Q&A video this week about what movies I'm looking forward to in 2020, which I won't get into here, but I just, I, I'm about to post the video as soon as we get off the call here. I just recorded the video as soon as, uh, right before I called you, and I thought that was a great question, because there's, uh, there's a decent amount of stuff I'm personally looking forward to in 2020, so uh, it should be an exciting year for movie fans, wrestling fans, and everything else, but John, it's always an awesome time. Thanks again for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Graham, anytime you want me on there, I'm a call away. Definitely. Sounds good, John. Enjoy your holiday season. I'll catch your ass down the road. All right, you two men, take care. Get to the-